On today's Pinche Gringo podcast, it's an all-Thanksgiving episode. You'll want to check it out. Listen in. Pinche Gringo, Mexico is laughing thanks to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Ursh. <laughs> you, know, you know the word ursh is? When I was in school, if you said the same thing at the same time, it was like jinx. Ah, uh, yeah, we would do. But jinx. it was like a Long Island, okay, take on jinx, saying Ursh. Ursh, it's crazy. Like, would you have yeah. to then say the same that person's name three times to no. unlock the Ursh? That was a Canadian. Ugh, gosh, are, like are there people still Canadian in the thing, state right? of Ursh in Ursh. Long Island that haven't I don't know. talked for years? You know, I don't even know if it was either our Ursh or it was like. Like it was just like my school made it up, or it was like a thing in Long Island. I don't mm. know, but we used to say Ursh, and so I say Ursh all the time, and nobody understands people what I'm saying. People are like, saying. "What?" Oh, well, you know, being in Mexico, people don't understand what I say anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. But still, uh, <laughs> still don't really understand. You. Exactly. Happy Thanksgiving, Julian. <laughs> Thanks, man. You too, Dan. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm super excited. Uh, this is gonna be my sixth Thanksgiving away from my family okay. uh, here in Mexico City, but we have uh, 2,500 mouths to feed. Yeah, it's a big day down here at the uh, at the restaurants. Uh, probably our biggest day of the year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, most people traffic. walking in, right? Yeah. Uh, that and Fourth of July. Uh, but we are yeah. taping on on today on Thursday, so there's like a million people screaming for you to like fix something, and yeah. you're here doing a stupid podcast. Yeah, I, I didn't tell anybody either, so I'm just hiding in the studio where we do the podcast, and everybody's maybe scrambling downstairs. Maybe there's a few fires. We don't know, but <laughs> maybe we should invite our our five listeners uh, to, to call come in. Eat call in and say what they're yeah, grateful for exactly or eat with us today right thanks <laughs> matt, thanks matt cranig matt cranig uh, what are you grateful for today Th- mauricio connection? thanks thanks mauricio for thanks, listening Mal. roxy yeah there's somebody else that i knew that was like listening i was like oh my god i didn't know that person listened oh actually uh andre who andre. you met yesterday yeah, he said course. he listened to, to an episode actually there are, there are happy there thanksgiving are hundreds of thousands of people all over the world from uh siberia to kenya that are listening to uh, the Pinch Gringo podcast. Technically, we could say there are billions of potential listeners. Potential if you just got listeners, rid of potential, right? With the World Wide Web. And it sounds like we have a lot of listeners. Billions of people listening to our podcast. So I think we're going to give impeachment that. talk a rest. Yeah, yeah um, I think. <laughs> although I do what I was saying to some people downstairs because we have uh, the Democrats abroad uh, are, are supporting us. And, uh, you know, this is a clubhouse for Democrats and uh for democratic causes and uh, i was telling them that we should probably should have hired a drunk uncle uh to get on the stage <laughs> at the thanksgiving dinner and make a uh, talk about how much he loves trump and uh you know the problem is the mexicans you, you know yeah, that, that's the world problem right I, I wonder if like there was an effect where everybody could smell the whiskey on his breath in the yeah, restaurant exactly. like, he should make it transmitted he could be naked on the stage naked on stage <laughs> with a bottle of vodka or whatever or whiskey whatever a drunk Next uncle's year. favorite thing is and just going off about the problem in uh, america uh, is that the presidents don't get paid enough? Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or and some really ridiculous, stupid thing. So guys who are listening, especially Mexicans who haven't really experienced a real American Thanksgiving dinner, uh, they're 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 not as great as everybody thinks they are. Uh, people fight, people cry, you know, people get mad because this yeah. person didn't show up and this person's being mean. So for some Americans. Uh, maybe more than half. Uh, Thanksgiving is a day of of, of anger and family uh, 
uh, discourse and screaming and yelling. It's got to be interesting to travel halfway across the country to just go yell at your family or something. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, <laughs> if you're hearing at. like noise and chanting away, is because we're in the bar uh, are a bunch of Bills fans, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're watching the Bills-Dallas game and uh, they're shouting, so, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, shut up, Bills fans! Guys, we're, we're recording a podcast. Thank Jeez. you. Jeez! That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's been nice. The uh, last couple of days, I've been talking to my team and some other people about the meaning of Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a really beautiful holiday because um, I've shared this before, but my mom was Jewish and uh, my dad is Catholic. And so uh, for the other holidays, my mom would always go out of her, out of her way to celebrate them uh, for my dad. But, you know, the religious holiday is either one or the other. But Thanksgiving is a holiday for everybody. And what I've, what I've been saying is that, you know, pe- people who are, have a lot of things, this is actually my toast I just made downstairs in front of everybody, but um, people who have a lot of things uh, may not be happy. You know, rich people, a lot of people aren't happy. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that are very poor and have a lot of afflictions that you and I may not have, and they're very happy. So it doesn't mean that, you know, like the happiness, people are always happy. Huh. But the people that I know that are the most grateful and are grateful every day of the things that they have are always happy. And I think Thanksgiving is a time where we can give thanks to other people, but I think it's more of a time to stop and be grateful for everything that we have um, in our community, in our, in our town, and in, in, in with our friends and family and our health. Uh, and that's not just a gringo thing, right? That shouldn't be just for America. That, that should be for everybody. And I, I'm very blessed that we've had the opportunity at Pinche Gringo to celebrate this beautiful holiday with Mexicans and Americans together in the same room and opening things up and, and, and really giving, being grateful for each other too because you know there are 11 million Mexicans in the United States. There's over a million Americans here and, and we're all friends. And we share fences. So uh, it's a beautiful thing here at Pinche Gringo because there are three groups that come in. There are the Americans who accidentally married a Mexican and then thought they would take her back to the United States and live. And, of course, she's not going to leave her family. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not American. And uh, the, the, the second group are Mexicans who have lived in the United States and for other you know, various reasons and came back to Mexico and uh, really cherish uh, that tradition and that holiday. And they would love to uh, experience it again. And then there are Mexicans who have seen uh, you know, the, the Thanksgiving on TV and watched it in movies but really don't understand it so well. And so they get to come and really learn about what Thanksgiving is. And all three groups are together. Uh, celebrating under the one roof, and then we get the strange, like Dutch. Yeah, the, right? the Dutch the, that come the Dutch in, guy, right? <laughs> you know, coming in too, yeah. being like you know, drunk. He's like six foot eight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a South African woman here. You know, well, yeah. that's, a, that's a far away, you know, place. We should have a giant map that people could pin where they're from. Yeah. Uh, during Thanksgiving, and probably won't be very many, too many what, other. What did places, you think about that today, Julian? On Thanksgiving, like you always have the ideas after I it's over. Run to Office Depot. And get a map. not get a map because they won't have one, but they'll take like 20 minutes to tell me they don't have one. Yeah, exactly. I love Office Depot. <laughs> Office Depot is our new sponsor. Yeah. Uh, shut up. Okay. We're going to get sued by Office Depot. Sorry, Office Depot. You're the best business. We know you're listening, uh, uh, president of Office Depot, yeah. to the Pinch of Gringo <laughs> podcast. So. <laughs> Jeffrey Office. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that I wanted to say is that uh, we've been doing a lot of work uh, for the last couple of years. And actually, 
we haven't really been doing a lot of work. It's just that uh, we've been hiring a bunch of people that from the U.S. that uh, come to Mexico because they've been deported, and uh, you know we have a home here that's familiar to uh, where they are from their communities, and this is something that we've been doing for a couple of years. We have seven deportees working here uh, that we know of, right? That have shared it with us at Pinche Gringo, and through that and all the media and the press that we got in those couple of years. Uh, we started working with a group called, uh, I call it Hello Code, but I think it's called Hola Code uh, to make sure. So, and uh, we're happy, very, very happy to have uh, Lenny here with us from uh, Hola Code. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to yeah. you. How's happy Turkey that? Day. Happy Turkey Day. That's right. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Can you make a good... Uh, <laughs> gobble, That's like gobble, a pigeon, gobble, gobble, gobble. Yeah. That's more vision. How do you say, Robert, how do you it's say like gobble gobble turkey. in Spanish? What does a turkey, what noise does a turkey make? <laughs> no? There's no translation in Spanish? Like, it's not gobble gobble. Goble, no, goble. Goble, goble. No? Goble, goble. Goble, goble. Goble, goble. Goble, goble. Feliz Dia del Guajolote. Nice, Julian. Why do you think Spanish is just American words with O's and A's at the end? <laughs> Racist. No. no, I actually was Google translating gobble gobble. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that while we're while we're listening to Lenny, right? We'll yeah. say, can, uh, gobble, Rob, gobble. can you Google translate gobble gobble and tell us what it says in Spanish? Can you do that for us? All right, Roberto's gonna He's work on it, on it while we're interviewing Lenny. <laughs> Lenny, how you doing? So tell me, what is your role at, uh, at at Ola Code? Uh, so my role at Ola Code is recruitment, admissions, community engagement. We work with what we call Generation 1.5, which is basically somebody born in Mexico, uh, but raised in the U.S. or the American way, and because of one reason or another, are basically back in Mexico. And many times for them. Even though they were born here, they're coming back to a country they left when they were eight months, two years old, uh. like myself. So, so, that, so you are a deportee, is that correct? I'm a returnee. You're a returnee. Yeah. So what's yeah, the difference yeah. between deportee and returnee? So a deportee is somebody that has actually gone through like the process, has been in a detention center, and even arrives with like a document that states that they were deported. While a returnee is somebody that voluntarily, I'm doing quotation marks, yeah. <laughs> voluntarily returns to Mexico, but I, I identify it as like the push and pull factor that pushed my family to leave in Mexico. They were once again pushed to leave, in this case, the U.S. because they were seeking a better future for us. In this case, for my family, it was because my dad couldn't renew his license anymore. Immigration laws were getting harsher. It was back in 2009. And I actually had to learn I was undocumented when I was 16. And my family decided to come back to Mexico at that time. So you didn't know until you were 16 no. that you were undocumented. I wasn't well, aware Can you of tell us about that story? Really? Will, you, will you be able to share that with us? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so... My dad started to get a bunch of traffic tickets uh, because his license wasn't able to get renewed anymore. And there was one point where he had to present himself in front of a judge and he was actually sentenced to prison time. He was able to get an agreement and he would turn himself in every Friday and come out every Sunday from jail. Of course, by that time, we already knew something was wrong and that there, something was up with my family. Uh, so my family decided, my mom and dad decided to have a sit down with us in the table and kindly informed us uh, that both my sister and I actually arrived to the U.S. undocumented and I have two U.S. citizen brothers that didn't understand why his parents and his sisters couldn't be in the country that they had always lived in and called home. So we literally packed our bags in, in a couple of boxes and came back to Mexico, a country that even though, like I said, I knew uh, I was born in, or I knew at that time, 
I had no idea what to expect, but it's been 10 years now. I turned 10 years on a October 30th. Wow. Yeah. No, I just want to let you know that people aren't shouting and chanting for <laughs> yes. that story. Like, <laughs> no. That's not something they I think like their, their, their team is winning. <laughs> I think their team is winning. So I want yeah. our viewers to know that we don't have like white supremacists uh, <laughs> no. inside, the, right, inside <laughs> the studio. <laughs> like, like Ku Klux Klan hats, like, yeah. you know, excited oh, about this. Uh, they're, they're excited about the Buffalo Bills right yeah. now, beating yeah. the Dallas. Cowboys, as you can see, so probably a bad time to tape this, Julian. But yeah. you know, tell it's them to be, be quiet, Bills fans. <laughs> Anyone who wants to live in Buffalo is crazy anyway, right? <laughs> Good point. So mm -hmm. uh, thanks for sharing that with us. So, for sure. so you came back to Mexico, and, and what was it like being back in Mexico? Well, <gasps> not, not being back because you left when you were. Yeah, how I old? left when I was two years old, and my sister was uh, eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I expected a Mexico like the movies. Yeah. So I expected to see like a bunch of cactus, a bunch of mm. desert and hay, right. which I have seen. Yeah. Literally just two weeks ago, I was in Veracruz and saw a donkey uh -huh. out of the store. Um, but at the same time, I came to realize that the Mexico that my parents left wasn't the same Mexico that I came back to. Okay. And I have fortunately been able to find opportunities here. I have been able to connect with my community here and realize I wasn't the only one because I think many of us deportees and returnees think we're the only ones that have gone through this. Right. And we're actually millions in this country now. Yeah. It's just that for a long time, we ironically enough, like lived kind of in the shadows here as well. Sure. Uh, because we are uncomfortable uh, being questioned if we were Mexican enough or why do you have an accent when you speak Spanish? Or I came to understand that I actually spoke more Spanglish than Spanish. Right. <laughs> now I think I speak a lot more better Spanish. Yeah. I still don't know how to write it that well, uh, but Bacon I'm getting and there. Me and me hamburguesa, right? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> no, and the, the funny thing here, well, not the funny thing, but something that I'm very proud of, my, my partner, Roberto, um, always talks about with the deportee situation of that we need to be an example here in Mexico of how uh, that it could be a better life, mm -hmm. right? People can live uh, well here and find a good job and, and raise a family and safety and security that maybe it wasn't like that uh, back I, then, I, especially I, in Mexico City, no? I think you, for every person it is different. And for every person, the integration process, it can be smooth. For some, it can take a year. For some, it can take 10 years mm -hmm. to finally kind of say, I feel comfortable in Mexico, no? Right. But at the same time, I always believe there's a story after. There's there's a continuation on this side of the border as well. And I think many times people have focused only on they left and nobody has really covered what happens after. And now right. that we've been getting this media attention, now they're really realizing, oh, people are making lives here. And of course, you're still dealing with family separation. My heart goes to all those families right now having a Thanksgiving dinner with somebody missing at the table, no? Yeah. And that is a reality. But at the same time, I think there's a phrase I've, I've learned from when I started to, to do activism and stuff, and it was, la lucha sigue. The fight continues on whatever side of the border you're on. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the mentality I take. Sure. Now, when you came here, were you going to taquerias and like demanding crispy tacos with American <laughs> cheese on it? Be like, why don't you have these here? This is not Mexican. Right. So I actually really love Taco Bell. <laughs> Me too. I love chalupas. Chalupas oh my are my favorite. And chicken quesadillas. So my I mom actually worked in Taco Bell. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, man. when I was a little girl. <laughs> so I ate Taco Bell. Oh, is that um, right? Like, oh, man, chalupas again? I was actually. <laughs> I, I, I'm fortunate enough. Uh, last year, I was able to obtain my visa and go back to the U.S. through the big door now. 
right. um, and I actually brought back Taco Bell seasoning and did tacos here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. amazing! Like it's yeah. not Mexican food. It's it not, isn't. It as isn't. long as people know that it's not Mexican it food, but it's then really you can good. embrace it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'm not being a traitor, right? Yeah. Just because I I eat Taco Bell. No. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> no, I'm staying Taco Bell. No I comment. had Taco Bell. This is actually a true fact. In like April 1996, once. Wow. And that was it. Because they don't <laughs> have them in no, Canada. Julian, how did they I not know that? Canada. I would have taken you to Taco Bell when we were in the U.S. It is oh, a glorious. We should do a taco night. It's a glorious nice. experience. Like in, where my dad yeah, lives in Daytona, there's Taco Bells everywhere. I Listeners, actually, I my goal next time South. is to go to the original Taco Bell. <laughs> the original Taco Where's Bell. That? Where? So actually, the dude, his Mexico last name City, was Bell. Right? No. no. Ah. It was actually an old lady. Uh, I don't remember if it's San Diego or, or a small town or a, a border town in California that started to sell like in an outside cart the tacos with the ingredients she was able to find locally. Oh. And then th- she opened up a restaurant. This dude came in, sat down, ate her tacos like every day and was like, oh, let me make a business out of this. Alexander yeah, of Graham Bell. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he that. wasn't the he original the one. The phone so, uh, and Taco, <laughs> Taco Bell. Look it up. That makes sense Roberto, now, right? <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Did you find out the gobble gobble thing or no? <laughs> Not yet. Okay, <laughs> we're still working on it. But <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell started Taco Bell. This is amazing. <laughs> what is it? No, this, this is not this about is Taco Bell. This is about Pinche Gringo podcast exclusive. Yeah, yeah, right here, <laughs> right here. first Fun time facts. ever. We we discovered that Alexander Graham Bell <laughs> was the original owner of Taco Bell. Uh, uh, that's a great story, yeah. you know, like American like franchise, franchise, yeah. money, business, exactly. and that's how Taco Bell yeah. now became on every street corner in America, USA. Right? Exactly. Local Every 2 a.m. drunk person. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk From more the about farm the farm to your table. <laughs> let's go let's talk more about uh, uh, Hello Code, Hola Code, pardon, mm-hmm. um, because I, it's a really beautiful organization that we've been working with as well. Um, you're bringing people here for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And but but, but first, to talk about Hola Code and what you guys do. For sure. So we are a startup. Uh, we actually decided to to work with the community through a social intervention of a social enterprise. So we're not an NGO. And the project or the integration program that we created is basically a program that takes somebody from zero, trains them to be software engineers, which provides them tools that Mexico right now is needing. Like anywhere in the world, there is a demand for software engineers. So once they graduate, uh, we support them in landing a job in tech. And for them, it's a life-changing experience. For us, it's amazing to be able to see somebody that in the United States, because of the lack of a nine-digit number, wasn't able to access edu- further education and worked in restaurants, landscaping, construction, come back here, realize or, or find this opportunity and say, maybe, hey, I can redefine myself here and actually become an engineer, actually have a career, they start to visualize themselves in those spaces. Right. And within Ola Code, it's an intense five-month program that, t- that is from Monday to Saturday, from nine to nine, basically. Uh, we provide three meals a day, a stipend, um, and wow. just like a community support. And it's amazing to be able to see somebody, like I mentioned, that has no experience in tech to now be working in startups right. and big tech companies now in Mexico. So let's go back to what you were just talking about, that these guys come back to Mexico. And I understand the social aspect. It's pretty difficult. Yeah. But there is a saying that some of these guys come back with very unique skills yeah. that they gained in the U.S. And your impression, what types of skills have these guys uh, brought back with them? So I think usually the Mexican society views the community as only us bringing back English skills. Right. Yeah, but we are bringing back so much more. 
Mm-hmm. In my case, my dad, he was an entrepreneur. He had a landscaping company without knowing English, without really understanding the laws over there, but he would pay his taxes. Like, he did everything by the book. Right. Here, you're bringing back people that owned construction companies over there, that owned landscaping companies, that owned restaurants, that decided to, to, to throw themselves into the entrepreneurial world sure. and all that it entails. No? Um, as well, people that have learned different cultures over there. Right. My mom can cook like food from over five different countries. No? So yeah. like, what, what is the skill set? Like, mm-hmm. So these are kind of businesses that they get yeah. involved in, but what is the skill set that's obtained there that makes... Uh, the deportees unique when they come back here to Mexico? I think it's the resilience, the adaptation, the head-on approach that that they take because, once again, it's somebody arriving to a country that they don't know. Sure. In in this case, in our families, no? Um, Or it's a person that is learning to navigate, once again, without that nine-digit number, no? So they have to be resourceful. I think those are skill sets that are that are bringing back to Mexico that are, are not being taken advantage of or are not being seen in the community. But within Olecode, those are, are the skill sets that we've seen. The resilience, the commitment, the hard work, um, the the resourcefulness, the just getting it done, the get her done spirit, you okay. could say. Yeah. Yeah. And and when they when deportees arrive back in Mexico after having spent so much time in the US, I mean, do they even have I guess they have a Mexican birth certificate, maybe. But Some. what kind of ident- what kind of legal status do they have here in Mexico if they haven't really been a resident or have a SAT registration or anything like that? I'm actually learning about SAT okay. just like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ironically enough, many arrive undocumented uh, okay. because, like you mentioned, some of them sometimes don't even know where they were born. Okay. So then they have to contact their mom to, to find out where they were born. And it's this super small town that they're going to have to travel and ride a, wow. like a bus, a, a car, a combi, et cetera, et cetera, to get there. And then try to see if they can get their documents. Um, to the people that, ha- that were born in the city, uh, fortunately, if they arrive to the city, they're able to move within their documents. But even okay. you, like an INE, you guys know what the INE yeah. is, which it's is like our identity card. ID that we need for everything, even to get into a building. Yeah. Um, when it was election period here, they weren't giving out IDs. Yes, so yeah. if you don't have an ID, you didn't have access to a job. You didn't have access to housing. You didn't have access to opening up a bank account. Like all of these things are connected, and for that whole time period, the community was basically blocked. Sure. Uh, so it, it, they, I kind of want yeah. like all the our listeners um, encounter when you come into our country with a tourist yeah. visa. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Matt Cranig. Right. <laughs> no legal status. <laughs> and and so then when uh, when they come down here. I mean, I imagine every case is different. Some already have family. Some are, mm-hmm. are lost. They don't mm-hmm. have family or friends or a community here. Mm-hmm. How does one find out about Ola Code? How do so, you guys get in touch with them? Or how does that work? So in the first cohort, uh, when we launched, we had only 60 applications. Everybody thought it was a scam. And uh. the way that I reached out to people was going to pass out flyers outside of call centers. Um, now, call centers. Yeah, call centers... I think out of 10, at least eight are returnees or deportees. Yeah. Like if you just go stand out of a, outside of a call center, you feel like you're in the U.S. because you hear so much English. Okay. Oh, man, yeah. right? So yeah. maybe that's the problem, right? Like, <laughs> Mexico is not the problem, but you got to s- continue to talk to awful Americans for like <laughs> all day long. Like, Excuse me, how do I push how that do I put button? Yeah. this in? 
Yeah. I can't. My it's ironic because back in the day, I remember I would have to call up those call centers for my mom, and you would you would get somebody in the line like from India or something. Yeah. Now you have people that speak a native English that live closer proximity to to you, so they have a closer time frame. It's much easier now. We've been getting a lot of call centers here, right? Because of that, so it's mm. kind of been on the growth because the community has been in the growth as well. Okay, so great. yeah. So we have mm -hmm. a, like another couple of minutes left. And by the way, uh, before, uh, emergency news break. Mm. Um, gobble gobble in Google Translate is enguye. Whoa. Enguye. 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 Okay, so Roberto, what is enguye? E n g u l l e. Enguye. Send us a DM. Yeah, listen, <laughs> if anybody knows what the Mexican or Spanish translation of Gobble Gobble is, I want you to send Julian an email. Julian yeah. at pgbbq.mx. Send him an email and let oh him know. God. So we'll talk about it on the next episode. Yeah. Um, but Lenny, <laughs> um, what is the one biggest thing that uh, you miss about the U.S. being here in Mexico? Besides Taco Bell. <laughs> My brother's. My ah. brothers and the beach, my hometown, yeah, Florida. So Florida. I haven't been able to go back yet. Uh, I have my visa now. I want to plan a trip and go back to my hometown. Be nice, right? Yeah. Which town is that? Uh, so I was raised in Bradenton, Florida. That's what I call home. West Coast. Yeah. West Side. Yeah. What? yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. The other side. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a New Yorker. You know, we only know East Coast. So <laughs> I was able to go to New York this year for the first time. Wow. So that was that's cool. Great. Yeah. So, and then the other question is that uh, what? Um, so what do you? What did you miss about the U.S.? But what did you love most about coming back to Mexico? Like, what's something that you're really grateful for? I fell in love with Mexico. Yeah. I I I had this once I found out I wasn't documented and the whole story. I had kind of this anger towards my parents and 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 being Mexican. Like, why wasn't I born in another country that it's easier to get into the U.S., no? And I came back to Mexico, and I fell in love with the friendliness, with the vibrancy, with the food. It is amazing down here. Amazing food. I love Mexico. You, you don't miss the concentrated orange juice and, oh, like, the, the I can get it here. I can get it here in the corner, <laughs> freshly <laughs> pressed every morning. You know the <laughs> thing I miss most about the U.S. is those uh, Pillsbury dough, oh, like, yeah. things? Oh, when you the, open, when you open yeah. it, it's like, the pop! pop. Yeah. I love that the pop is the best. I right? miss just that pop. The biscuits. After. Yeah. You're right. I, I, I don't know what pop. it is, pop. but that pop just the pop's it's amazing, satisfying. right? And it's right, yeah. ASMR sound. Like, yes, it is. I've seen yeah. it in the supermarkets, a couple of supermarkets, the biscuits. But right. uh, but Lenny, listen, I want to say, and because I've been working with you for a while, and, yeah. and we know that that you're doing wonderful work here. Thank you. Um, because I know that these guys that come to Mexico. Uh, they're only Mexican because their parents are Mexican. And I know a lot of people are having a lot of trouble readjusting to a different culture and a different community. Like I came here because I wanted to, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't uh, want to come back. And so what you're doing by giving people second chances is, is really noble. And um, I hope you have a really wonderful Thanksgiving because Thank you. I think people like you deserve that, um, you know, and I think many people are really grateful for what Ola Code has done. So uh, thanks for coming out on the show today. Thank you, yeah. guys. Really I'm going to enjoy some turkey it. and pie. And if anyone wants to get involved in Ola Code or learn more about you guys, how sure. can they go about doing that? Uh, they can follow us on social media as Ola, H-O-L-A, and uh -huh. then Code, C-O-D-E. Okay. Um, and through there, they can send us a message and be able to connect. Okay. Yeah. All right, Lenny, awesome. thanks, for, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Sure. Thanks so much, Lenny. Amazing, right? I, it's such a great thing. I mean, because, you know, uh, we've gotten a lot of press. 
And sometimes it makes me feel a little bad because, and I only have, well, only, but it makes me feel we have a lot, but we have 85 employees, so there's not so much that we can do. Uh-huh. Um, but what I've really appreciated the fact is that um, that we've been able to echo, like, or, 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 or not echo, but, but radiate and, and make louder uh, a story that's not talked about too much because everybody's talking about the camps and uh, people crossing the border, but not really talking about what happens when people come home. And uh, so we've been able to, you know, push uh, different people to the different organizations and, uh, and, and Ola Code has been, been part of that. And we're excited that they're joining us. Uh, today, yeah, so yeah, are they. They love it. Ooh, like the yeah, fans love all the code. Touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> and it's great. Also, I mean, too, it just ties into the whole theme about like building bridges between Mexico and the United States, whether it be Americans that are living in Mexico City, or whether it be about Mexicans that are coming back or forced to come back to Mexico. It's kind of part of a similar narrative but just another slice of that narrative so agreed agreed yeah. that's awesome happy thanksgiving everybody listen yeah. we got a couple of things coming up julian i know that uh if anybody hasn't been to the lucha capital the lucha yes. libre here at pinche gringo last week next week is the last week it's the final show and you know it's a soap opera to tell a novella so like the ending like what's gonna happen next week um and it's a cool experience because in the arenas, you're behind fences and you're getting like cold food and really big, like warm beers. But at Pinche Gringo, you're right in front of the action. It's like right there. You're getting beer thrown on you, sweat and on you. Then you can have like a brisket sandwich while you're yeah. uh, getting pummeled by Psycho a clown. sweaty wrestler, like Psycho Clown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th- I think he got knocked out like two weeks ago or something. Uh, I saw it on the. There are yeah. English blogs and uh, news stories that are always getting on my Google <laughs> alerts about Lucha Capital at Pinche Gringo. Like, they have Americans that are really in on this. It's pretty amazing. But, so. You know, one of the first Lucha Capitals, I was walking downstairs, and then people were kind of pushing me away, like, make way, make way. And they were bringing one of the luchadores on, a, like, a stretcher past me, past the stairs, into the parking lot, and I was like, oh, goodness. And then one <laughs> of the guys like, oh, no, he's fine. No, he's just acting. He's just acting. It's part of his bit. Yeah, but. you know what I found out last <laughs> week? Uh, it's not real. What's not real? Lucha, lucha libre, like they made it up, like like it's like a practice. What? Wait, like wait, rehearsed. what do you mean? What? What's made up? <laughs> Isn't that awful? Like, uh, <laughs> are they gonna, are, uh, Roberto? Are they gonna pick up this new, this music or, or this noise or what? Is it gonna be part of the podcast? Like, uh, add the Probably. Sounds. All right. So what we had think? a soundtrack today, guys, for the first yeah. time. This is great. <laughs> So, Julian, what else is yeah. coming up? I know there's so, not a lot of things coming up because it's all private event season, yeah. but what's happening at the Gringo? Well, the Lucha Libre is taking place next Wednesday, December 4th. We open the doors here at 8.30. It's one fifty for your ticket at the door or one twenty if you find it online at our website. Buy ahead. Yeah, buy ahead. It helps, and you'll guarantee your spot because it was pretty packed last night, and we might have a, a bigger crowd next week being kind of the yeah, end of the, the chapter, right? Even if it's yeah. packed, there's no problems. Yeah, but, but, but you should reserve it. And then we also got... Yoga and beer every Saturday here until the 21st of December. Yoga That's from and beer. noon to one. And we have a special Christmas drag queen bingo. Mariah Carey's coming down next Saturday, December 7th. So you don't want to miss this. If you're like me and you grew up just staring at that album cover for like 20 minutes every day, then this is the kind of drag queen bingo you want to be at. You were staring at the album cover because you're a candy cane fan, right? And there were candy canes on the uh, <laughs> I have so much Christmas mantle. spirit. It's yeah. insane. You're just like Christmas. People like, sometimes just wrap me. 
with yeah. wrapping paper because she looks like my daddy's friend. Such a Christmas you know? guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm so not gonna be there. Going I'm not gonna be there. I'm sorry, and I'm dying because oh, yeah, I know too. it's gonna be great. But next weekend is Tropico, 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 Tropico. I have it on my calendar. It's my favorite weekend of the year. I always go to Tropico, and I hope you're going to be there too. Yeah, if anyone uh, wants our autograph at Tropico, yeah, we'll be there. I, I promise to try my best to write Sign my name it. down. Yeah, <laughs> please don't. If you see me, don't come up to me. Just like, talk to me just, in the next week. Exactly. No, but Tropico is coming up. Our friends at Archipelago are, are making that happen. Uh, it's a great, great concert uh, in Acapulco. Uh, check it out uh, online at tropico.mx. That's happening uh, late next week. And uh, great show today. Right? Great show. Happy Thanksgiving, man. I'm yeah, very grateful you, for bro. this. Uh, Up top. I'm, I'm very grateful for the podcast. I'm just... Grateful for all our listeners, each and every one of each you. Each of all five of you. And grateful that Thank Lenny you. Alvarez was able to come on the show today. And, and yeah. Have a great week, guys. See you next week. Make your explode like ISIS. We won't mention the transvestite in Cancun.